Welcome to the Protos Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 4th of March and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. This week, hacker collective Anonymous has picked a side in the Russia versus Ukraine conflict and launched a number of attacks on Kremlin-run media outlets. Crypto entrepreneurs are donating to the Ukrainian defense effort, but not without plugging their own crypto coins first. And JP Morgan has been revealed to have a larger stake in Ethereum's infrastructure than we once thought. First up today, everyone's favourite mask-wearing hacktivist collective, Anonymous, is gearing up for full-on cyber war. Their number one enemy is a Russian ransomware crew that's thought to have swindled at least 65,500 Bitcoin, or about $208 billion. Last Thursday, Anonymous joined the global majority in siding with Ukraine, and the group has since claimed responsibility for several cyber attacks on Kremlin-based media outlets. One target was the state propaganda news outlet Russia Today. Anonymous managed to interrupt Russia Today's website with a DDoS or distributed denial of service attack. These attacks flood targets with traffic and render them unreachable and broken at use. They also struck government-owned media sites such as Rust.ru alongside other official government websites including Kremlin, State Duma and Ministry of Defence portals. In an article, Russia Today even acknowledged that Anonymous had declared cyber war against Russia. Anonymous is set up with a highly decentralised hierarchy and no known leader. The at your Anon News Twitter account acknowledged that it can't speak for each member of the Anonymous collective. But still, the account said that Anonymous's so-called hacktivists generally support world peace, albeit via digital anarchy. Anonymous has since warned of a potential Russia cyber retaliation over its DDoS campaign. Russians aren't one to be messed with either. Previous ransomware hacks traced back to Russia-sponsored actors have previously crippled US infrastructure. One major example was when the US gas infrastructure provider Colonial Pipeline was rendered useless last year by a collective known as Darkseid. It had deployed a ransomware strain known as Ryuk. Colonial Pipeline had to pay $5 million worth of Bitcoin to regain control of its critical systems. However, the FBI managed to swoop in and seize private keys tied to more than half of that crypto. Ryuk has been wreaking havoc on local governments, hospitals and psychiatric care facilities between 2018 and 2021 across the US, Europe and the wider world. In late 2020, Security Magazine reported that Ryuk was the malware behind one-third of all ransomware detections in that year. Now, Ryuk's successor, the ransomware Cont, wielded by the Conti team, declared it would begin waging cyber war on behalf of Moscow. Funny, considering leaks have now made their primary BTC address publicly available. And so, the receipts, if you will. Across three years until now, Conti's main ransomware wallet received nearly 65 and a half thousand Bitcoin, a war chest worth close to 2.8 billion. However, Conti would have generated far less if they laundered for fiat upon receipt. Right now, there's only about $3 million left in that wallet. Ryuk and Conti's are believed to have been created by a hacker unit known as the Wizard Spider. Analysts reckon that the Kremlin tolerates and even helps the Wizard Spider. The group effectively leases its ransomware as a service software to other bad actors like Darkseid. Wizard Spider reportedly even gets their own hands dirty too, having most recently struck two thermal coal power plants in Australia and cut off power to three million homes. 
Most of this Bitcoin garnered through ransomware attacks regularly ends up being laundered by entities in Moscow City. Some of these entities are said to have even received $700 million worth of illicit crypto over the past three years. Ukraine's vice prime minister said that Ukraine is building an IT army to deal with Russian cyber attacks, but that is no easy feat as part of Russia's invasion. They've been able to disrupt Ukraine's internet. In response to Ukraine's call for help, SpaceX chief exec Elon Musk has since promised to send over Starlink satellites to provide internet connectivity where ground infrastructure cannot, showing how the internet, as ever, is a critical theatre of war these days. Next up, entrepreneurs have been holding back contributions to Ukraine's ongoing defence effort until the country agrees to set up wallets tailored to their own tokens. Over the weekend, the Ukrainian government has been tweeting wallet addresses in a plea for Bitcoin, Ether and Tether donations. On Tuesday, Ethereum co-founder Gavin Wood finally forked over the $5 million he promised via Twitter. However, he only did so once the Ukrainian government set up a Polkadot wallet to receive his spin-off cryptocurrency DOT. Likewise, VeChain's Sonny Lou promised to donate $8 million in the network's native token, but only if Ukraine agreed to accept the funds via his blockchain. On Monday, blockchain analytics unit Ecliptic noted that Ukrainians' donations were close to 42% in Bitcoin, 38% in Ether, and the remaining 19.4% was made up of other tokens and stablecoins. With regards to Wood's seemingly generous gesture, a Solana Labs co-founder rightly pointed out that if Polkadot's founder really wanted to donate, he could just, quote, fucking swap on FTX or use a bridge. By Tuesday, the Ukrainian government caved on his request and added Polkadot to its list of accepted cryptocurrencies. It also noted that support for other tokens was on the way. Wood was definitely pleased with the move as media outlets were quick to throw the controversial English coder in altruistic headlines alongside his Polkadot cryptocurrency. So far, Ukraine's Polkadot address has received over 328,000 DOT. That's worth about $6.24 million, with Wood's $5.7 million making up about 90% of those funds. Out of the $30 million worth of crypto donated so far to official Ukrainian addresses, Wood makes up about 15% of that. Tron founder Justin Sun, who recently left the project to pursue diplomacy in Granada last week, pledged $1 million, but, quote, only if Ukraine's official Twitter account posts a TRX address. He did then send an initial donation of $200,000 worth of Tether, but it's unclear whether he sent the remaining $800,000 at press time. Quote, as you know, Tron is a fast-growing blockchain with 80 million global users and we will rally support from our community for Ukraine, said Sun. It will be great if you can open a TRX token donation support as well. The looming spectre of World War III won't deter Justin Sun from tweeting marketing nonsense to the Ukrainian government. If crypto crowdfunding, military defence and other critical supplies weren't cyberpunk enough, Ukraine had drawn up plans to distribute tokens in a bid to drum up more donations. However, the vice prime minister has since tweeted, quote, they do not have any plans for tokens and have cancelled airdrops. 
Earlier this week, Ukraine's Twitter account had initially posted word of an upcoming airdrop. Crypto projects typically run airdrops to reward early investors with additional tokens. While there was initial confusion as to whether this referred to real-world supplies or a token distribution round, the government later confirmed that, quote, a snapshot will be taken tomorrow on March the 3rd at 6pm Kyiv time. This implies that the addresses that donate cryptocurrency to Ukraine will receive a free token airdrop in return. Exactly which kind of token wasn't disclosed, with the account simply saying reward to follow. Instead, they're announcing their own NFTs in support of Ukraine. However, the news didn't go down well with Sun, who was already pissed that the drop didn't include his token. While Ukraine accepts USDT via Tron, it still doesn't accept TRX. In fact, Sun has so far sent six desperate tweets to at Ukraine and the personal Twitter accounts of Ukrainian Vice Prime Minister Mikhailo Fedorov, each one demanding confirmation that those who donated crypto via the Tron network would receive the airdrop, crying it's unfair. Unjust and Sun's blockchain is a uh, miracle. On Tuesday, a Ukrainian government spokesman told Sky News that donated crypto would be used to, quote, destroy as many Russian soldiers as we can. With this in mind, the spectacle of a nation state running an airdrop or dropping NFTs in the midst of bloody conflict echoes something of a techno war bond. And yet shameless crypto insiders under the guise of philanthropy exploit Ukraine during one of the direst moments in modern history for brand marketing. Lastly today, Wall Street fat cats from JP Morgan seem to be directly profiting from and even controlling critical Ethereum infrastructure. A group of 35 shareholders of Ethereum giant Consensus AG has filed for a special audit of a 2020 deal that saw JP Morgan Chase acquire an influential stake in two of its flagship products. The deal known within consensus as Project North Star resulted in financial institution JP Morgan winning a significant slice of the company's lucrative intellectual property, specifically Metamask and Infura. Both crypto wallet Metamask and node network Infura persist as arguably the Ethereum ecosystem's most critical infrastructure. The former employees, who represent more than half of all consensus shareholders, want an investigation into the matter which allegedly saw, quote, fundamental intellectual property and subsidiaries illegally transferred from consensus into a new entity, Consensus Software Incorporated, or CSI. This was in exchange for a 10% stake in the new entity and a $39 million loan by consensus chief and Ethereum billionaire Joseph Lubin, according to a press release issued Wednesday. Not exactly what Satoshi Nakamoto envisioned when he embedded the Chancellor on brink of second bailouts for banks in Bitcoin's Genesis block. Original consensus insiders reckon the deal was to, quote, the detriment of the minority shareholders of CAG and to the benefit of Joseph Lubin personally, end quote. Ethereum co-founder Lubin is the majority shareholder of CAG and CSI. Forbes values Lubin's fortune between $1 billion and $5 billion. But the Ethereum infrastructure deal may be invalid after consensus directors skipped meetings. An article of the Swiss Code of Obligations may render the deal void. And that is your lot. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And we do realise that there's only so much we can squeeze into just one podcast. So if you want more of the stories that matter, then do check out protos.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protos podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and any other major podcast providers for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. 
See you then.